Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car ahead here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door bumper clear is on. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup car, 7 Xfinity car, and the 29 truck. Joining me today is Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer and Elliot Sadler. And I think we have a full studio again. Full studio. Gluten Girl is here. Gluten Girl is here. We also have a special guest. Yeah, my little girl Joey's with us. Yeah. She doesn't have a microphone. No. Say hey. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So we do have a full studio today. Yeah. Yeah, and we are here in the Exalta studios. And speaking of Exalta, don't forget to head over to the revamped www.exaltaracing.com to get all of the latest news, photos, and schedule for Dale's number 88 Exalta Chevrolet. Yeah, thanks to one man for bringing us to you guys. Indianapolis, TJ, what do you got, man? dried out yet uh <laughs> still moist i am glad to be out of there you know it was a it was a damp to quite damp <laughs> it was a high pressure weekend kind of for the 88 guys bringing jeff in like that and you know being being jeff gordon at a track like that indy where he's you know kind of paved his way at them in yeah. that part so been pretty good there yeah even at orp back in the day when he was driving them the midgets and stuff i mean that's like jeff gordon territory him and tony like yeah that's their area yeah so bringing him back, and he was great the whole weekend. He was really good with all the team and really, really good. So, Do you think that puts more pressure on the crew chief just because Alex Bowman, yeah, he's raced some cup cars, never done much, versus a Jeff Gordon walking into sub? Uh, yeah, I think it puts more pressure on everybody because you go in there and not, not, not only are you trying to – Alex Bowman probably got in the car and probably wasn't – all like a hundred and ten percent comfortable. Not that he was uncomfortable, but he probably had a couple things where he didn't want it. Right. Jeff's gonna get in there and be like, "I need this here, this here, and this here," because he's been doing it. I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Famer guy here, yeah. so he's gonna have everything set where he's been used to it for years and years. And Alex is just gonna get in the car because he's happy, he's excited to be yeah. running it. So he's just gonna get in and say, "I'm gonna drive it no matter what." Right. You know, I might be four inches away from the steering wheel than I want to be, but I'm still driving it, yeah. you know? So yeah. I think it puts more pressure on everybody that just as a, in a, as a whole in general. I think uh, just bringing a guy like Jeff in there, and I think Jeff helped diffuse the weekend too. He was really good with all of us. Like he was 
<clears throat> up close, like personal with all of us and having fun laughing. I think when you see the driver laughing and and keeping his cool the whole time, I think it relieves the it just kind of diffuses the situation um, a little bit and just kind of makes everybody go and just about the normal deal. Yeah, he's a big deal, man. I mean, he is the guy who took this sport mainstream. When you look at the mid-90s, you know, late 90s, we were in the Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett era where those guys were blue-collar badasses that came yeah. along and, and pioneered the sport in the South. But Jeff Gordon got here this and it's kid. like, hey, uh, I'm going to take you guys to Hollywood. I'm going to take you guys to New York. And that's what he did. Yeah. You know, so he was a big marketing thing, and I think the track realized that when they sold an extra twelve thousand tickets after he said he was running, which was, uh, uh, you know, obviously a big deal too. When he came into the sport, he he won all the big races, and yeah. he was winning everything, and yeah. he was uh, young and like, I mean, what year did he start? Ninety three, ninety four. So I was I think about, his rookie year was ninety three, ninety four. He won the Brook yeah. Brickyard. I think I was fourteen. Yeah, and I mean, as fourteen, I was a Jeff Gordon fan when I was fourteen. Right. So you I mean, look like you'd wear rainbow colors back then. <laughs> yeah, I probably I might have had a Jeff Gordon T-shirt or two. Yeah, yeah. I, I know like I had it. a couple posters on. Did you have well, your hair fixed like his? He always had great hair. No, I I didn't have that good a hair. But uh, <laughs> how about a mustache? Did you have a mustache? Mustache. No, I didn't then. But that's I. You know, that'd been a really big ticket then. I think. I think you should grow one now to just <laughs> tribute the fact that he's in the car. Oh, like, kind of like like I can actually grow one if do I it. want to. You need to. My, do it. I'm not like Kyle Larson. Like, remember when he grew yeah. it? It wasn't like yeah. I, I could literally. Grow I think a beard. you need to grow one. Do y'all think you need to grow? I one? do. I do. Yeah. I would love to see you in a mustache. I the love last, a mustache. The last time I did that was on New Year's a couple years ago, and I did it just to make my wife really mad. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't shaved for a while, and when I did, I did everything but my mustache. And I walked out. She's like. No. You go upstairs, people are coming over, you take it off now. Do you know how cute you would look on your T shirt with your mustache? With a mustache? <laughs> yeah. I mean I I guess that'd be a whole nother line. Yeah. It'd be a whole nother line. That's a whole, yeah, Did, a, which one did you get? Did you get the the mustache one? Yeah. Yeah. It's a new skew, man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh now that. I basically had two posters on my wall back in the day. Jeff oh Gordon boy. and my mom worked for Kodak in okay. Rochester. Yeah. So I had either Ernie Irvin yeah. or Sterling Marlin. Yeah. Sterling. It actually started with Rick Wilson. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So going way back. Uh, yeah. Started but, on uh, a Daytona five hundred and the four Kodak know, car, man. Yeah. And I mean, never did I think I'd work with him, and then Jeff Gordon back in, you know, yeah. back then. So uh, I mean, yeah. that was that was back with uh, Winston. All the Winston guys had mustaches. Yeah, my dad yeah. had a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Earnhardt it was shaved a his off. Then. Dale Earnhardt shaved his off one time. That'd be weird. Th- that while I was in the sport with him, I he that. he went scuba diving with Michael Waltrip, and they basically said, "Hey, man, your stash and this scuba gear doesn't jive. If you want to go scuba diving, you're going to have to shave it off." This guy shaved it off. Just to go scuba diving? That's Dale Earnhardt. He wanted to scuba dive, so guess what he did? He went scuba diving. You're not going to yeah. stop this guy from doing what he wants <laughs> no. to do. He's even no. a badass when he shaves, you know? Like, that's him. That was his personal. I wonder if there's a picture then. of that. I was, when my dad, he, I grew up, he always had a mustache, and yeah. one year he yeah. shaved it off, and freaked I out. freaked out. <laughs> yeah, looks yeah. like I a whole different it. person. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, I yeah. shaved my head bald like a year ago, and my little girl started bawling. Yeah, Toby was physically crying because I shaved my head. Oh, God, Danny, what did you do? Are you in pain? I'm like, no, I'm good. I found something out today that Brett cuts his kid's hair. Yeah, I'm talented. They ask for it. Yeah, you I let charge him, him 20 bucks, hair. too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they made Flobies that pulled that long yeah. hair in. Yeah, I can do it, man. I can rock it. So I don't recommend you ever doing that again. Look how pretty your hair is, man. I know, your hair is nice and long. I mean, you're like... 
Rapunzel this year. You don't need to let him screw this up. Yeah, we're not going to. So Jeff Gordon pulled a cool deed. Oh, here's a picture. <laughs> Josh. Here's a picture of Josh uh, with some Josh's dad. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that stash. Holy cow. Uh, where'd you get your height from? This guy's like 5'9". <laughs> I know, man. I got it from my mom's side. Yeah. <clears throat> was she like 6'4"? So that's what Josh's face... <laughs> That's what Josh's face would look like if you scrunched it down a little bit. Cause yeah. he's definitely a little yeah. taller. But Josh, I, do you always have a beard? Have you ever shaved your beard? Uh, yeah, I mean I've shaved it. I just haven't shaved it in probably scuba like diving? a year. Yeah. When you scuba? <laughs> when you scuba? <laughs> yeah, when I get scuba diving. <laughs> You weekends. should have shaved it for Indy, man. You'd have been a little bit cooler sitting on that plane. I don't think so. I don't really don't think <laughs> so. I don't think so either. That's when you need to get one of them little portable fans they sell at like Disney or something. With where the mist. You, yes, you just set yeah. it on your tray table right there and just lay back. I got to say the coolest part <laughs> of the weekend, it? well, for me, was kind of pre-race. Jeff Gordon got up at the driver's meeting and, and spoke to Tony Stewart, the accolades, the guy, the character <clears> – <throat> Everything he's done for the sport. And then after the fact, those guys riding around together, both from Indianapolis, Indiana, both open-wheel guys, both champions, hugging after the race. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was actually – you know, Kyle might have ruined the weekend, but that was a, a good part of it. <laughs> Kyle I mean, who? Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was actually a good part of it. And, and Jeff was a lot of fun to work with, too. And when Bob came over, Tony spotter and was like, hey, Tony wants Jeff to take a lap with him after the race. Yeah. My first impression was wondering how many get called to the holler if they don't come down pit road and get their lug nuts checked. Right. So I'm like, right. I, but I, you know, they're gonna come down. I made sure Jeff did, but it, you know, I was like, man, that'd be pretty cool to go around here and yeah, and have them guys who it's just unplanned. It was cool because it was unplanned like before that day. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something that was already laid out and staged. It was something like, hey, you guys are here. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that Tony asked him to do it. Yeah, he uh, was, he came over cool. and asked and yeah. was like, hey, and then, you know, they were going. Jeff's like, where's you want me to go? We were in turn three after, on the cool down lap. And People don't realize all the things that Tony does to make little things in the sport yeah. special for himself and others. His rookie year, he traded his helmet with every driver in the field. Literally every single week he would go up to you, Kristen, what? and he would say, Kristen, after the race today, I'm going to give you my helmet. Will you give me yours? So Elliot was a rookie the same time Tony was. So Elliot has Tony Stewart's one of his rookie helmets. Tony had a, had a helmet made for every single race. And after the race, he went to Jeff Gordon. He went to Dale Earnhardt. He went to Sterling Marlin. He went to all those Mark Martin, those guys, and said, hey, hey, man, today can uh, can we trade helmets? Well, guess what? Tony Stewart, when he got here, wasn't a rookie. He was a two-time RL champion. He was an Indy 500 winner. You know, this guy was already a, a champion. He won the Triple Crown. So those guys were fans of Tony Stewart because we all used to watch him during the week on what was that show on Tuesday night? Tuesday Night Thunder. And no, it was RPM Tonight. RPM or- Tonight and all those. Back then, we, we covered racing outside of NASCAR, you know, and so all those guys respected him. So when he walked up, to Dale Earnhardt and said, I want to swap helmets. Most rookies, Dale Earnhardt would have been like, nah, this deal, <laughs> they all did it because That's Tony cool. was that well-respected. So, really cool. I mean, yeah. he's, he's just always done things to make it special, just like this Jeff Gordon lap. I mean, that's – yeah. That's something that's that – he did it for him and Jeff, but it's certainly great for the fans, you know, to I see that stuff. Tony's done a lot more personal things for people that you will never, ever hear never about. Never hear about. You will never hear about. He w- – when I was at home, I think I told you before, when I was at home, I, when I went into the hospital and I was at home and I was doing, like, my own IVs and stuff. and Yeah. You were doing your own IVs? Yeah, I had to do we- my own medication and stuff, like, in-home patient stuff. And it was really scary. But anyway, well, Tony called me. And he was asking me, you know, he was asking me some questions about sim racing and stuff. And I told him I was at home doing this. He was 
Manny's like, what are you doing? Man, you need some lunch, something? I'll run out and go. I mean, I'm, I'll swing by anytime. And he's like going yeah. way out of his way to offer like, yeah. just anything. Big heart. And he's like that to a lot of people, man. Big heart. Yeah. So really good guy. Yeah. Cool. Hey, before we go in all this rest of the show, you have to be a little bit more excited about Pocono with Jeff Gordon versus Andy yeah. because you'll be the one spotting. You can actually see the whole track. You're yeah. going to truly get to work with him now. Yeah, you know, there's a couple times, and in, Indy's tough on second spotters because there's not – there's barely a handful of good, really good ones now. Yeah. And when you – everyone has to bring a second one to Indy, you really – you ha, you got to find somebody that can do it. And, and it's the, – the the expectations are going higher and higher for what we do. And the, you don't realize that till you don't have it. So yeah. I brought um I brought a good a friend of mine that used to spot for Mark Martin and uh well qualified guy yeah a Brickhouse with Kurt yeah yeah, yeah. and he uh, he did a good job he was a uh, you know I don't I don't think he was quite ready for the restarts I probably maybe should have been bad there for the restarts because turn one isn't really a bad turn one's not really a bad a bad spot everyone just kind of goes in there yeah usually uh, yeah unless <laughs> unless you're mcmurray but um yeah uh newman mcmurray there's several of them most of them go in there you just kind of you know two by two and then off of two is where the runs happen in your mirror that's where the guys get runs behind you and then you end up three wide yep, trevor and, bang yes yeah. and uh <laughs> so you, you, there's a lot of happening off of turn two on the first lap so i you know i kind of felt like i kind of felt bad that i put I didn't realize I was going to put Brickhouse in that bad of a spot. He didn't, you know, he didn't get really yelled at or anything, but it was just, uh, I could tell he was struggling with it. Yeah, it's hard for us to give over because we're control freaks mm -hmm. and you, you're giving over half the race. I only give up turn one because of where I stand. I can see turn two, three, and four, but it's still hard. You hear that other guy on the radio, you're like, hurry up and say it, damn it. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. hard. It's hard. It, it's a struggle for us. But to, to my point, Pocono, it's all you, man. You and Jeff Gordon. Yeah, Jeff's usually pretty good there, and I feel like we had a really good shot at winning that last race. So hopefully, you want hopefully. to get him to uh, sign your poster that you had. Your poster. If I could find it, I would. <laughs> that thing was probably worth some money right now. Probably. Yeah. So that's actually one of the spot on, spot off is spotting from the pagoda. I have a question. Oh, spot, spot off. <laughs> one um, million times during in a the row. Xfinity race. Yeah. So will. Um, Elliot's bus driver was the other spotter. Yep. And Elliot, at one point at the very end of the race, he asked if you guys could switch spots. What was that yes. about? So where Will was standing, he called the green flag. Okay. Well, where Will was sitting. Elliot's used to. Will was sitting. <laughs> yeah, he actually wasn't on the stand. He was at a little yeah, perch. He, so he, he couldn't stand where he was at. He, no. was in a, he was in a physically awkward position. So You would have to be up there to see the spots where we try to get to, to yeah. just to so you can see something. So Elliot is used to me calling the restarts. So right. Will was keying up going green 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 well the way i spot i count elliot down to the restart zone so he gets three two one and it's just like a dance it's a rhythm right mm -hmm. so after the one he knows they're in the restart zone any split second now i'm gonna hear green 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 he knows i'm not calling it off the flag i'm calling it off the first car in our row so i reposition myself to be able to do that the challenge was for the restarts once you say green, 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 I couldn't see them. I could see the leaders take off. Gotcha. But if they check up or have a problem, I can't see it until they get off of off of uh, one. So that's that's why he asked for that. But I was able to accommodate him, and right. you know it didn't work out great for us. But we certainly did did okay. I that's one of the reasons why I choose the front stretches so I can do pit stops and and the and the restarts. Yeah. So. So that's a spot off. No, we're not there yet. That is a spot off. I don't care if we're there yet or not. That's the, a spot the spotty off. from the pagoda, honestly, for me is spot on because here's the thing about that facility. Where else are we gonna are we gonna be this better? Are you drunk? 
where are we where are we going to go this better? I, man, I don't know. The only but, thing they could have done better, the only thing the only thing they could have done this better is to move the pagoda outside of the racetrack at start finish, and then we would be able to stand on top of it and see the whole thing. But we can't do that. Our our other options are to get in turn one in the stands mm-hmm. or turn three in the stands, and still have to have two spotters. So for me, I can see eighty percent of the track, and I don't know how I don't know how at Indy you're going to make it any better. I was actually considering straight across from the pagoda. There's actually right at, almost at the start finish line. There's a really high row of yep. of, of seats. I don't know how well they're almost across from us. So I'm almost thinking that you could look across there and still see your car good. You think we could get a ticket though? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be hard. Uh, I mean, I, I would like to see the view from there because if we could, if we could get over there in the top row, I would almost rather be there and, and just have, align the pagoda in front of you to where you just have a small blind spot. Yeah, I mean, you you'll know the run right off the corner. The yeah. guy's got in your the yeah. guy's got coming in your mirror, so you almost might put somebody up there on the backside just in case if they wreck. Yeah, so but you would knock all the corners out then. Let's try it next time. If you yeah. if you put like a if you got all the way on the top of the pagoda, could you? Would that's, that help at all? That's or? essentially where we're at. We're about one story. So we stand on what would be equivalent to the 14th floor. Mm-hmm. Because if you've ever been to a hotel, there's no such thing as a 13th 13. floor. So we're on the 14th floor. And they let us go to the bathroom on the second floor. <laughs> yeah, you you do the math on that one during the weekend. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyway, too. Josh, we're pretty much on top. There's one small level above where we're at. I've never been up there because my, my during the race, they actually put snipers up there. So we're not allowed to stand up there during the race. So I don't waste my time during practice going up there and getting acclimated to that view because it's not going to do me any good once we go green. I, I get in my little corner, and I pretty much stand there for the whole weekend. But if we got up there, I don't know. Have you been up there? I never went up there. Yeah. We I'm, have, not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. The big-time guys go up there during practice. You know, I'm not a big-time guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay not going up there. <laughs> what I mean – but another thing, too, is even if you were on top of that deal, you'd have to go from front to side back. Side to side. Right. Yeah. You can't just stand in one spot. Excuse me, the thing. guy with the third caliber rifle. I'm going to scoot by here. <laughs> oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excuse yeah. me, I don't, sir. I don't think there were enough people there to, uh, yeah. to warrant any snipers. But. Uh, he, he, no. You know, it's weird because they act like they act like there's something on the roof that is highly valuable yet during the race. Yeah, what's there, that? What's that Fort Knox deal? Yeah, there <laughs> we gold. we literally had to sign up with, I mean, social security numbers. Yeah, I didn't still use mine. Everything. <laughs> I didn't. Either, I used Josh's. <laughs> we had to, and they check your pass. Like, so we get off on the ninth floor on the elevator. You get off there. There's a guy there. You sign in. You get on into the stairwell. There's a guy that you go up one floor. Literally nowhere else to access the stairwell, and there's another guy right there checking your pass. Guess what? Every guy has in common. They're all assholes. Are they all in yellow shirts too? No, they're in black and yellow, and they're buttholes. So they all they, they just, are. It's like serious. Oh. So during the race, there's people that come up there, just like groups of people, and I'm sitting here like with a we're all team stuff on. These people are up here in like street clothes, walk, and I'm like. They almost wouldn't let some of us up there, and yet these people are all walking around up there. It's just uh, they overdo it, like, big time. It's like they what take that. What do they that, think you're going to do? I have no idea. Or what is in there. Water balloons? I don't know, but they, it's like they take this stuck-up IndyCar mentality that IndyCar has a reputation mm-hmm. for having as fans and treat us that way. It's like, man, we're here because we have to be here for work. Mm-hmm. We didn't call this place and go, man, you mind if we come this weekend and hang out? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway. 
Spot on, spot off. Kyle Busch as the first driver in NASCAR to sweep poles and wins. TJ loves Kyle Busch. This should be so good. much bromance. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hashtag hugs. You want spot off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I want to say spot on, but no, you don't. I do because it's 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 impressive <laughs> you don't that somebody. A loser? It's impressive that somebody can do this, but I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, it's not it's not as big of a task in what he's driving right now. It's not like he's just straight up. It's not like he's out driving thirty other guys. He is lifting at the flag stand. That means your car is a really really good. He's running half throttle in an Xfinity race, basically, leading the thing, driving uh, away. Yeah. So it's not like he – do you not think – I mean, do you know what happened if we would lift at the flag stand? We would get passed by mm-hmm. four cars before the corner. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I don't think he is – you know, we're all racing pretty hard. He's They've got stuff figured out there, and, and he's taking advantage of it. So, but spot off still. It's Kyle spot off. <laughs> I I. I, I want to align with what TJ's saying, but you got to say spot on. I, I mean, you don't have to. Here's the bigger problem. This guy won his championship last year. He's just racing now. He's He is the new Jimmy Johnson. He's in a super fast car, which Jimmy had for years. He's got the confidence of Hercules. We're in trouble. There's an asterisk on that one, too, though. He only ran half the races. <laughs> All right. I can't find another champion that's only ran half the races, but whatever. Spot part of life, man. Spot off. It, it could here. Here's the thing. Brett just changed his answer. No, no, spot no, no. Off. Here's the thing. It could be you this year. You could be the one with the second asterisk because your driver's on the sidelines. And when he comes hey. back, and he when he comes back and he wins and he qualifies oh, hey. at Richmond, and then you're gonna be like, well, yeah, I love his format, man. This is awesome. When that happens, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I'm right. We'll speak about it then. Yeah. Oh, this next one's good. Spot on, spot off. Brett and TJ take pace car rides at IMS. What the heck was on your heads, and why did they not give you a bigger helmet? You two looked like you we totally would have. We did not have to, any, much to pick from here. They basically got did us in line. Did your wife see that picture? No. Did oh, yeah, probably. Actually, in? yeah, she saw it because Dell Jr. got a hold of it and posted it to all her friends. <laughs> so, yeah, she saw it. But, uh, yeah, like, we didn't have a choice. We basically got put in this line. We got a helmet <laughs> stuffed on us and Tom's device puts on, whatever they are, put on us. And we got in. It was – if you dropped your phone or anything, you were not picking it up because you could not move your head. But I understand the safety part of it because you are, you are going fairly fast there. Right, we actually first. <laughs> So we drove into turn three. Yeah. And you couldn't you couldn't probably see oh, the I guy. I could feel it. No, I so, couldn't see him, but I could feel it. I'm in the front seat and I see the and the guy drives in pretty hard and I'm like I've driven a race car and big tracks for so I'm the front the front tire is like pushing. Like we're not making the bottom. And he starts to he starts to panic a little bit with his other leg. He starts moving his leg up like he's that's what you like you know when you're driving and something something somebody slams on your brakes, you pull your leg a little bit, you know, you're like you're in it's, that's he was like like it was like about to get away from. How many laps from. did you guys take? One. Just one. But uh, you yeah, two seater. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. A car. We're in a car. Yeah, yeah. We're on a motorcycle. Motorcycle. Sidecar. I'm in, yeah, <laughs> I'm in a, a two seater. <laughs> yeah, Josh. <laughs> we rode a motorcycle. <laughs> Brett sat in front of me, facing me. <laughs> All right, Jackass. Spot off Hurry for up. me because I've had two of the most popular people on Twitter, Dale Jr. and NASCAR and Blake Shelton and Country Music make fun of my pretty smile. So both those guys can kiss my ass and next time I think I want to make a hit on social media, I'll do it with my mouth closed. Uh, Listen. (laughs) 
I was actually back in the truck when I was scrolling through Twitter, and I actually saw that when Dale Jr. tweeted that, and I about fell on the floor laughing. So so Clint, (laughs) comedy guy, he texted Dale Jr. a picture of the tweet and texted me. So we're all in this text thread, and Clint's like, Dale, this is a total dick move, man. This ain't good. You must be feeling better. Are you hanging out at your pool? You know. So anyway, we ended up having a conversation. But hey, I dish out a lot of crap. Yeah, you, you guys know me. I mean, it was I'm funny. A, it was I'm hilarious. A, I'm a mouthy guy. I can take it back. I got big shoulders. I thought it was funny too. It was pretty. And then funny. Junior's like, "Well, man, if it just happened, I'm sorry, but I thought you'd always had that kind of going on." And I'm like, "You're not making this feel any better right now." <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, I did laugh. Yeah. Blake called you out too because yeah. he wants to be on the podcast. I know, man. How about that. Well, if he didn't get in his little fancy helicopter and leave Texas, he could have been. Well, Natalie, who you know is our motor mouth and associate and, and podcast boss. You know, she's not going to take credit for screwing that up, but I'll give her credit for screwing it up. <laughs> we we could have had him. So now we got to go back and try to win him back over. So maybe we just take this show to The Voice and do a live show from The Voice. Done. And we can get him on and maybe Gwen. Uh, which maybe one are, Miley. Are you going to do The Worm? What's that Wrecking Ball song you sang the other week? I don't know. It yeah. was glorious. I'll do yeah. The Worm. If you're going to do The Worm in some tight outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll skin tight it. <laughs> I mean spandex type. Yeah. Yoga pants or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Kid Rock plays Pat concert in IMS infield Saturday night. Spot on, man. Every Kid Rock concert's awesome. Spot off. You're you're fussing about the crowd on Sunday, and yet you give thirty thousand people a reason to come on Saturday. Do it on Sunday. You're trying to get people to <clears throat> your facility, pre race, post race, yep. whatever. You can't not have Kid Rock there on the big day. Mm-hmm. Sunday's the big day. Whose idea was this? Somebody doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> Call me. Text me. Tweet me. I'll help you. Did, Josh did it. Josh did it. <laughs> Standard. And did they um, did they allow people in that didn't have tickets? You you bought a ticket to the race and the show, or you could just buy a concert ticket. Those VIP concert tickets were like two fifty. Mm-hmm. But Will Elliot's bus driver, sub spotter, was at the concert because Elliot left after the Xfinity race, so Will stayed on Elliot's bus. He sent me pictures, man. It was a sea of people, 20, yeah. 25,000 people at least. And and so, again, I'm sitting here going, why are you doing this on Saturday night? You know, they had actually going into the weekend, nobody publicizes this stuff. They had sold more tickets to Saturday's race than Sunday's race. Now, after Jeff Gordon got added, Sunday's race barely beat it. But the reason they'd sold more tickets was because of this concert. Yeah, Kid Rock. The reason is too is Kid Rock is an awesome concert. Yeah, I already put on a great show. He always puts on a great show. I man. was at Fogo to Chow eating four pounds of meat, <laughs> which I went to Kevin Hamlin and I said, "Hey, you and uh, TJ and Eddie want to go eat with us next week?" And he's like, oh, "I don't know, man. He probably never even invited y'all, did he?" No, when was never said anything to us. Man, I'm telling you, I don't know about these guys. Uh, Kristen uh, and I were in a microwave. Yeah, <laughs> welcome. Concierge to microwave. Concierge. Yeah, but you were cooled off for Sunday though, right? I went to play golf, so no. Oh, yeah, I feel real bad. This idiot bitching about how hot he was on Saturday goes and stands out in the sun for five hours playing golf. Yeah, drinking beer. Yeah, wait a second of all, you you complain about about all this stuff, and then you go and drink gluten and beer and then (laughs) miss the show. EpiPenner. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. I'm here. Look, I'm like Cher or a cockroach. If they made an EpiPen emoji, I'd use that all the time with you. Kristen has a gluten allergy. 
Chubby has a peanut allergy. TJ's little girl has a peanut allergy. Yeah. And, and Kristen makes bad life choices all the time. <laughs> this is Brad talking to and his And so she has yeah. to epipen herself all the time. All the time. So see, it's not a bad thing. See, It'd be like her. She's still kicking it. It'd be like you saying, hey, look at those peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm getting, I'm swelling up. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she's not a role model in your life, Chubby. <laughs> yeah. Because we try to, look at me. I mean, look at me. I'm a great role model. All right, we're taking a break. We'll be back. This Wednesday on Fastlane Family, I sit down with Fox reporter Shannon Spake. Tune in as we discuss her recent move to Fox, her diversity with reporting for many different sports, juggling motherhood, and how hard work and dedication pay off. That's this Wednesday right here on Dirty Mo' Radio. All right, let's head into Fastlane. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate and alternate who responds first, and each of them will get 30 seconds to give me their opinion, and then whoever responded first will get a 30-second rebuttal. Four topics are racing, and one is off-the-wall none. Y'all ready? Ooh, I go first. Brett's yeah. first. The final Xfinity Dash for Cash race was this past weekend at Indy. What are your thoughts on the format of heat races, and should they stay? Great question, Josh. These things were an epic fail. Oh, we had eight total heat races. We only had one caution in eight heat races. We only had two passes for the lead in eight heat races. Both of those came at Dover. This was an epic fail on the design of how these things were laid out. Yeah, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to think those were those were great races. Um the format the heat races could work, but I think they need to be done in a little bit different different fashion, maybe like a random draw or something for a heat race, something where there's some action, man. You know, where you know Somebody might be on the pole and get out front and be able to run away a little bit, but it'd be exciting because then you have separation. You know, you have faster cars coming from the back and stuff. So We're in an era of, of conciseness. Everybody wants less is more right now. And we just took a two-hour Xfinity race, and we spread it out over three hours and made the first hour and a half of it pretty boring mm-hmm. because these guys can't pull up their backup cars if they wreck. They don't really have anything on the line in the heat race. All they're thinking is, I need to preserve. I need to survive. That's not racing. The Indianapolis 500 saw 350,000 people at IMS for the 100th running. Reports say that there could have been less than 50,000 for the Brickyard 400. What can be done from a racing perspective to get butts back in the seats? TJ. We can do a song to that. Butts back in the seats. Butts back in the seats. Butts back in the seats. (laughs) You know, I don't – I think there needs to be more incentive, kind of like what we talked about earlier with the concert. Maybe do some things together to get people there and and, and, – you know, we obviously all, we have to make the product better to track like that too. The race is actually, you know, it can be. It's been a good race in the past, um, but we've seen the guy. It just seems to kind of get spread out a little bit too much now. I I don't know the answer to this. I, kid I, rock I, concert I, on I, Sunday. I, was, I mean, kid <clears throat> kid rock concert halfway through the race. I mean, I. <laughs> I'm I'm a marketing guy. I love promotions, and and I honestly don't know how you get more people to the track. It's 140 degrees heat index. It's 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 a parade of a race. We don't see a lot of passing. I, I don't know the answer to this. The good news is the ratings were way up, so people from home were watching. Yeah, I don't I don't think you know it's it's you can't compare those two events anyway. Really though, you'd have to compare that to Daytona 500 or something like that more than. Because the Indy 500 is such a huge deal, it builds up for a month. There, they build up to it for a month, and that's that's IndyCar's home. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it's hard to compare those two. We definitely need to, you know, we need to keep doing something to try to keep people attracted. 
Eldora had an estimated 18 to 20,000 people in attendance for the truck race last Wednesday. Do you think NASCAR should look at expanding the truck series to other dirt tracks, or should they just stick stick with one? Man, I, I really like the eliteness of one. I feel like it almost gives that race the, the look and feel for the series of our Daytona 500. You know, I know the trucks go to Daytona and race. Xfinity goes to Daytona races, but I feel like this this separates the series by only having the one race and making it really cool to win it if you can win it. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I would be okay with having it too. Kind of like road courses, they don't really do much road course in the truck series, and they used to do a couple, two to three. So I'm, I'd be okay if they put a Knoxville on there. Something. Excuse me. It had to be another track that has some prestige to it, like the Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, stick with one. That's that's what I got for that one. Stuart Haas Racing announced Hello? yesterday that they will field a full-time Xfinity Series single. T- Excuse me, single car. Single car. <laughs> do you think they will be, do you think they will be a serious contender in their first year to win the championship? TJ. Uh yeah, I don't see how they wouldn't be. You know, they they they've got fast cup cars. I don't see how they wouldn't start the Xfinity program off right. Tony normally, I think he knows what he's doing running a company. He's got a lot of good people there, so I don't I see it being successful. I agree with TJ. It will be successful. The question is, will they be able to win the championship? I say no, and I say no because of this. They have a tall order on the cup side. they got to get bodies, engines, things ready on the cup side. That's their bread and butter. This Xfinity Series is certainly going to be a big priority, but it's also going to be a tall task to bring a rookie in with brand-new startup stuff and win this championship. Yeah, it all matters on who drives the car as well. I mean, if it's it's legitimately going to be – It's cold. Oh, I mean, Custer, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cole will be Cole's will, a wheel man, dude. Yeah, he he's a, he's a good driver, man. So, I think uh, I think they will be very competitive. Cole's a man. Off the wall topic. Oh God. Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza were inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Ken Griffey Jr. is the highest draft pick to be inducted first, and Piazza is the lowest draft pick to ever be inducted. One thousand three hundred ninety. Who's Mike Pizza? Yeah, the M- MLB draft's weird. They do it for like a year. Strange. Oh, it's weird. It is weird. So who was your favorite player growing up, Brett? Oh, my favorite player growing up during my early years was George Brett because he had the name Brett. Mm. He was in Kansas City, no, was which was nowhere name. near Pageland, South Carolina. A lot of, you know, Atlanta Braves guys were around us, you know, the Chipper Joneses. But my favorite player when I actually understood the game, older in life, Ken Griffey Jr. Prettiest swing in baseball. Purdy. Purdy. Yeah, I was a uh, I was a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan as well because he had a Nintendo game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're so bizarre. I uh, I played it all the time. I would say my favorite players growing up. I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house in Pennsylvania during the summers when we lived in Western New York, and I would watch pirate games all the time. So I was a big Bobby Bonilla and Barry Bonds fan back in the day. I met Pete Rose after a race. We got on a helicopter with him in Vegas, and. Uh, he was a pretty brass guy. Like, I mean, I was he, he could have been a little friendlier because I grew up watching him too. And have I mean, not? I like to gamble, you know, not necessarily <laughs> on my sport like he did. But I mean, I, that's a guy that I always liked. And it's hard because I met Kenny Chesney at, at Dale Junior's bus at the Legacy concert. Yeah. He was a bit of an ass. Like, it's hard sometimes when you meet these guys that you look up to as a kid, and you're like, man, I don't like this they guy anymore. Rude. 
Yeah, when I hear a Kenny yeah. Chesney song now, for the most part, I usually turn the channel because I'm like, I'm trying to ass. figure out where you saw Pete Rose be nice. Almost every video clip of Pete Rose, I know, but he's I like that. Fighting, but so is Tony out. Stewart. Tony Stewart has that passion of the game, but he's not that guy out of the car. I don't know, man. I don't. I I, I envision meeting Pete Rose and him being nice and mean. Well, he was not nice. But anyway, I grew up a Cal Ripken Jr. fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was there for that game when he broke the, the streak. Really? Because yeah. I grew up 45 minutes from Baltimore. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Orioles I, I like that guy a lot, yeah. too. I don't, I'll admit, I don't watch a lot of baseball now. You know, I've I, watched more then than I do now, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I me, me too. And, and I'm a Jackie Bradley Jr. fan right now. He's a Gamecock up in Boston, and he's slaying them. I mean, he's killing it. Went like three for three in an all-star game. I mean, this dude's a stud. I met him, and he was a super nice guy. I don't know. We, we all are lucky we get to meet a lot of these mm-hmm. high-profile people. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than thinking you like somebody, and then you meet them, and you're like, yeah, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Or girl. I met a few Rudeness. girls. I met a girl from Lancaster, South Carolina. Uh, her name was Julie Roberts. Does that sound right? It wasn't she, Paige Duke. She, she, yeah, I met Paige Duke, too. It wasn't Julia She, she sings that song, I sure hate to break down here. You know that song? Mm-mm. So how's it go? I was like, "Hey, I'm from Paisley, South Carolina." She looked at me like I had eight heads, and I'm like, "It's 20 miles from you. Don't act like you're better than me, lady. And you've only had one hit. <laughs> Who do you think you are?" I hope you said that to her. Nah, that'd be great. Nah, but every driver that came up to him, she was a helmet licker boy. She's all about that deal. <laughs> Pit lizard, no doubt. Waffle oh, belly. Waffle she belly. got all the turns. Yeah. I was like, "I don't even like you anymore. I hope you break down here, you asshole." <laughs> Racer chaser. <laughs> oh. Holy cow. So, okay. <laughs> awkward turtle. What was awkward? Yeah, she Hashtag AskDBC. So Josh has chosen the questions today. Joshua. At Haylord asked, do you think the tire debacle brickyard... What is this? The tire debacle English is hard. Do you think the tire debacle brickyard really is a major reason for losing 200,000 people in attendance? I- I'm assuming that's what this is. I don't know. I think it you know when we ran in the brickyard and they couldn't run more than fourteen laps. She don't remember. Yeah, we Chris had a caution. Watching this then. We had a caution like every ten laps because we were blowing tires. Right. <laughs> what yeah. year was that? Uh, what was it? Oh five. No, before then. No. No, it was no. after that. Oh five. Oh six. It couldn't have been later. No six. Oh five. Oh six. Anyway, TJ, thoughts? Did that? Did that? Is that why two hundred thousand people weren't there? No. It's because it was two hundred thousand degrees. I tell you what. <laughs> Here's the thing about that 10-lap deal. We couldn't run more than 10 laps, and somebody would blow a tire. So literally NASCAR intervened and said, every 10 laps, we're going to throw a caution. It created what? a lot of aggressive restarts. It created a lot of strategy racing in yeah. terms of, oh, my God, I'm scared to run 100%. Dale Jr. was one of the guys who had a ton yeah. of, of, of tire problems, which may or may not have led to them <laughs> intervening as quickly as they did. But to my point, the next year we came back and the crowd was half. Along those same times, F1 had a tire problem and made Indy kind of lose its luster. The Indy 500 wasn't sold out for years, so I don't know that it didn't like hit their brand a little bit. And that's not their fault. Goodyear makes the tires. But you, you, I mean, what do you got? Yeah, I think that uh, I think I was spotting that race for Dale Jr. Was he in the Bud? I don't think he was in the Bud car. He was in. He was a DEI then. No, I think he was in a Hendrick car. He was because I think I was spotting that race. Okay, I know. I, I, Elliot was in the M and M's car, and we were stupid. I think fast. it was 07. I think it was a six, but anyway, it don't matter yeah. about the year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It was. I just don't think 
the racing there is built very good for our cars. You know, it's great for Indy cars. Yeah. They got a three wide start. They're there for their build up. Yeah. You know, that you can't. 2008. Yeah. Right. So their build-up is just huge. That whole month, man, there's there's festivities going on. We show up and run on one weekend. Yep. And it's just, I don't know. I think we need to stick the other two series at the other track. And Here's the thing. We've signed a five-year deal last year with this racetrack. So people are like, NASCAR won't come back. Oh, yeah, they're coming back for at least four more years. They're not going to abandon this stage this large. I almost look at it now. I mean, we've been running there for 20 years. I mean, I think the first one was 94, the inaugural Brickyard. And I'm like, Man, this track just doesn't work with our package. Take no. the side skirts off, try some stuff, and to TJ's point, move the Xfinity Series back to the best asphalt track in America. And the trucks, man. Is that? I mean, that's the best asphalt track in America. When it was when it was Indy weekend, there's the first, the awesome part of it was the race started on Thursday, Thursday or so night. with the trucks. You had trucks and Xfinity, and then the big race on Sunday. Yep. But it was that's good racing. They ran man. sprint cars Thursday night. Yeah, they trucks Friday night. USAC cars or Silver Crown or something. Bush cars Saturday night back then, and they renamed the track about eight times. IRP, ORP, Lucas <laughs> yeah. Oil Raceway. I don't know what they always call. I don't care now. what you call. We need to race there. It's. I mean, the ARCA guys <laughs> put on a heck of a show there Friday night. Yeah. Mike Schneider ran third. I'm spotting for him this weekend in Pocono. There's ARCA. always good racing there, man. Doing Short tracking. So you're not coming to Iowa? No. No, Sheriff is. Sheriff. Sheriff. I love some Sheriff. At SVT, Cobra John asks, we know attendance is down. Have the constant format changes hurt or helped over the last 10-plus years? Uh, it doesn't help. They've hurt, man. Yeah. It's hurt. confusing. It confuses fans. They've hurt. And, and I hate to say this, but, you know, you introduced the chase, which I am a gigantic fan of the chase. Mm-hmm. And it was 10 drivers, and then it was 12 drivers, and then it was 16 drivers, and then it was a win to advance, and then it was a win and you're in, and then it was a win at the end, and then it was there's four guys at the end, whoever finishes higher. It's It can be difficult as a sports fan if you're not a hardcore fan and you're just an avid fan to keep up. Like the casual fan who just went, yeah. Imagine the touchdown being worth six points one year, four and a half the next, seven the next, eight the next, and then they're changing extra point to two. And then five years later, you're kind of coming back into the sport and you're like, well, he just scored and I don't know how many points he got. Like, <laughs> it, it, as a true – and I'm a, I'm a sports fan. I grew up playing sports. Like, all that change, we've alienated some of our older hardcore fans throughout the process, I would think, TJ. Yeah, absolutely. It just – I don't know – do you they, think they do a good enough job explaining it on TV during the broadcast of the changes? I don't know. The, oh, you guys, I don't know you the don't answer to that. Right? I would, I would yeah. think so. I would think so. But again, I don't think that matters. That's a that's a minute and a half explanation. What if you're not watching yeah, that minute right. and a half? What I, if you're following a race on Twitter or something? I, I you mean, know, and, I think all of the rules changes we make to the cars, the fans don't necessarily have to care. Because they're not building the car. Mm-hmm. All they want to see is a good competitive race. Yeah, we have a few hardcore car guys that are going to care, but the majority of our audience doesn't want to hear about track bar and wedge and air pressure and camber and A-arms. They don't know what that shit is. Let's stick to what we need, which is a good show and a consistent yeah. platform. They yeah. want to see a guy up front, Tony, hold, holding off tires at Sonoma. They want to see stuff like yeah. that. You know, we need we need – I don't know. We just It's too separated out now. I want to defend our current format in the Cup Series because when they first kicked off the chase, when you got to the 10th final race of the chase, the leader had such a large advantage. He had already pretty much locked into the championship. Most of the time, Well, yeah. that was why we went to a chase was because by the time we got to the last race of the year, the majority of years, the leader had already locked in the points-wise who was going to win. So now we're at this format, which was highly influenced by television of – make it to where 
these three or four guys are racing against each other. Whoever finished this highest wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about it, I was like, I don't like it. Then I started really thinking about it, and I was like, we just made this more exciting because we went from one, maybe two guys being mathematically in the conversation to four. So now I have the ability to attract all of those fans of those four drivers, create that game seven moment. I like it, but we got to yeah. leave it alone. Mm-hmm. It's a Super Bowl with four teams. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got four teams in the Super Bowl, and yeah. NM can win right there. It, so I, that's great. But we got to leave it alone. Yeah. We can't put guys in, and you got to leave it alone. I wish we could find it. I wish we could find a decent package, rolls package with the cars. Yeah. That are equal, more equal throughout. Um, you have glitter on your face. I didn't get it Josh, all off. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Did, did you go to a morning? shoe show before you came in here? <laughs> so who's next? <laughs> At Travis, the underscore 40 asks, if any of you four were to win the $422 million Powerball, would you quit spotting or marketing? What I thought would you I would do? say quit smoking <laughs> first. I, was like, I, I probably wouldn't quit spotting yet. I would uh I would I would probably not spot practice as frequently as I do. <laughs> I would probably fly in on my own plane on Sunday morning. And uh yeah. I I love racing, I love the competition. I got to have something to do, mm-hmm. right? But it's not standing in Indianapolis on the pagoda for 27 hours. It's to go there and do the race and then go back down. Yeah. I, I think I could get a really good sub spotter. Maybe my motor coach driver could do it. I would uh <laughs> I would still spot. I would I would still spot. We, we have an awesome job. You have to understand. Only I love my job. F- only 40 people in the world do what TNA, TJ mm-hmm. and I do on Sunday. TNA. <laughs> TNA. <laughs> Shoe show. Shoe show. TNA. Uh, but y'all got me all messed up talking about glitter on people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, B. Donna T. 61S. Is it harder using more than one spotter for your drivers when they are not used to them and your communication? Yeah, you kind of touched on that. Being. It's always harder doing that. It's always harder adding someone else into the equation, and you lose some of the control that you normally have. Yeah, the key is don't get a second spotter better than you are, because you don't want to get fired after the race and then be like, "Man, yeah. I like that guy better than you. It's You're Will done." Now that's <laughs> plan strategy, man. You gotta you gotta coach them up. You know, something happened with Will the other. <laughs> in, something. In, Everything happened with Will. I so love you, Will. you guys were trying to get in line. And they were telling you to get behind another car, yeah. and I and I'm like, uh, I I asked Will, I'm like, hey, are you behind this guy or whatever? He's like, I don't have nothing to do with that car. And they're at NASCAR sitting there saying like, get the one, bro. I'm yeah. like, he wasn't <laughs> listening to NASCAR though. He he had a Channel One, okay, and a Channel Two, so but you not did a NASCAR the car, yeah. Channel. Yeah, so I'm sitting there listening to NASCAR. I'm like, hey. Uh, what are you doing with that guy? I mean, NASCAR's sitting there telling you where to go or yeah, whatever. It was and us He's like, I don't have anything to do with that two car. Yeah. <laughs> also a man with a lovely mustache. Yeah. Will has, yeah. A, Will has a stash going on. You know, Will on. makes and dreams a, come true. In a free candy van. <laughs> He'll drive you anywhere. What? A candy van. <laughs> Will's a cooking machine. He is. I've actually... <sighs> Will's a good... He's funny. He's, he's a good funny. Dude. Yeah, he's, I like he, Will. He's been with Elliot since 2000. So he's been Elliot's bus driver for 16 years. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Because, I mean, bus drivers, most of them, once they find a good one, they stick with them for yeah. a while. But yeah. that's a that's a pretty long yeah. streak. Yeah. We're a family, man. He's a good guy, too. Like, yeah, he'll, he he'll pick dude. us up in the golf cart and take us places if it's super hot or yeah. to get out of the um, – where we in New Hampshire. Yeah. We had to park outside, and he said, get in the back of the truck. And yeah. we were where he also there. has a big cooler. A cooler, and he hands me a <laughs> bottle of vodka. And he's like, keep it down when you see an official. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I started working with Elliot in 99. Will started in 2000. 
So, I mean, I've been with Elliot since his rookie year. So the three of us have literally gone through it all together. You know, That's one of my Eisenhower's. favorite pictures of you guys in Talladega and Victory Lane, the yeah. three of you. Those are always my favorite. Those are good pictures. Yeah. Did I have a pretty smile then, too? Yeah, it's glorious. Rocking it's, it. It's beautiful. Hashtag teeth. You should have taken <laughs> You should have taken that helmet off, man. You should have left it on. I know. I'm going to wear it in victory lane next time. I'm going to put Elliot's helmet on. Oh, my gosh. At Mason Feldman 51 asked, do you believe that IndyCar's doubleheader format with two races and back-to-back days for one series could work in NASCAR? Uh, uh. Mason Feldman. <laughs> do you believe that IndyCar's doubleheader format with two races back-to-back? Um. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I don't. If if it's a good track, we race. If it's a good racing track, like a Loudon or something. I, I mean. I almost say, if you're going, if we're going to do a double header, yeah. <laughs> this guy obviously doesn't work in racing. Yeah. Let's do it on the <laughs> same day and make the to make the races half the distance because we give the drivers a sense of urgency when they tend to put on a better show. Let's give them the ability to pull out a backup for the second race. If not, run your same car, like. I like this, but, dude, I don't want to stay at the track another day. Four days yeah. is already enough. Uh, your idea on that side of things sucks, but the two-race <laughs> thing, man, I could I could acclimate myself to that. You know, I could I, do that. The more I think about it right here, the more I don't like it because our racing is all about building up to the big show. Yeah. And the we, big show. The big show. Yeah. So we practice Friday, practice a little bit Saturday, qualify, whatever, and we, we build up to Sunday. Sunday. So I feel like spreading it out might not be – the best thing I think feeling when you go to Loudon, I don't know how the crowd looked at Loudon, but you go to Loudon, that's a good racing weekend. You have racing every single day. They need to fill the weekend with other racing series too. Like keep it full, man. Yeah. Bring people, give them a reason to come to the track and watch four races. You know, I, yeah, but I would, I don't like the idea, but I'm not saying it wouldn't work. So predictions for Pocono, you want to talk about, and you uh T- TJ, TJ last last week TJ pulled sm- smoked you. pulled the A smoked. side of the hole really or A side of the hat or rabbit broom? out of the hat. Where's my broom? Rabbit out of the hole. I mean he he picked the winner and when you pick the winner you can't lose, right? But not only did I pick the winner, but he and I haven't put zero thought on this, but I got to say I just saw the word Pocono. Pocono has come so far with Brandon, the current track mm-hmm. president. Yeah. This guy has made the tunnel the prettiest tunnel it's in all of NASCAR. Yeah. He's got a waterfall they have done a tremendous job of, yeah. of changing the culture of what used to be considered a boring racetrack. And and I think from a racing standpoint, it can be similar to Indy in a lot of ways. But it's three different corners. We certainly can pass there easier than we can at Indy. But the similarity is we're really spread out at both tracks because they're both two and a half miles. Who thinks it's a good idea to put Indy and Pocono back-to-back weekends? NASCAR, obviously. Then I don't know. Why? I don't know. Pocono is going to have great weather. It's going to be 80 degrees. Come out to the racetrack. But if we go up there a month later, it's still going to have great weather. Like, stick stick somebody in here that breaks up the monotony of the two-and-a-half-mile track deal, you know? I mean, we, we have yeah. a lot of, a lot of <clears throat> tracks we could do the to Pocono doesn't, here. Pocono doesn't bother me. I know people will say Indian Pocono are similar, but Pocono doesn't bother me. Pocono usually turns into a fuel-mileage race, yeah. you know, at some point. So there's, there's off-strategy – there's drama. Yeah, at Pocono for sure. We yeah. didn't have like any drama Sunday at all, really. It was it was one car, and uh, Par- parking passes drama. Oh. <laughs> did you? Speaking of that, did you, there was a few funny tweets. There was. Uh, well, Clint, Clint on Sunday tweeted that it was a special day. Getting up, and get, he gets to drive across the across the bricks <laughs> instead of kiss the bricks. He said he's driving across them all day. <laughs> 
Um, and then obviously Dale Jr.'s Jimmy. They had his name wrong on the wall. That they had it with a hysterical. Y. How oh. do you get that wrong? Because you should be fired. Maybe. How do you or screw that up? In the Xfinity series, yeah. we had uh, Alex Bowman in the '88. Yeah. Yeah. So over Alex's uh, the '88 garage, everyone had How their they, name. It yeah. said Alex Bowman. So Josh they? and I, Josh is standing on tires, and I'm handing him duct tape. And it's Kevin Harvick. Yeah. And it's Kevin Harvick, and we. Well, did you see Jeff Gordon's fire suit? Yeah. They had the years wrong on his championships. <laughs> yeah. He won four consecutive cup championships. That weekend is a <laughs> show. <laughs> it, 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 it's completely. Oh, it was funny. Oh. And then, uh, so Derek, you, did you see what Derek tweeted? Uh-uh. Derek said, you know. Derek spots for Larson. Yeah, Derek just tweeted. Derek went with us to Fogo. He didn't big time us like you guys did. If I didn't know. My secretary didn't tell me. Um Derek, uh, let me bring it up. <laughs> he was pretty excited. They ran good. Kyle, he ran good all Kyle day. Kyle runs good there. Runs good yeah. there. Period. And it was, you know, it's good to see. Good to see him run good. He was coming off a, a big weekend at Eldora as well. So, Derek says, uh, I love it when I look at my tweets and the prez likes my tweets. I know it's because of the do work hashtag, right? Steve Luletta. Luletta. No quit. And then so McMurray sees that. And there might have been some parking pass stuff going on. <laughs> McMurray sees that, and he says, I think he just likes your cool paper credential. Hashtag unlimited parking pass. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're not going to tell you what yeah, we Derek did, tell. did. But Derek got in a little bit of trouble. And he has to sign in for and a couple of weeks. he has to sign in and, and get a paper pass for a he few He doesn't weeks. have a hard guard so, right now. So these guys, okay, his crew guys are assholes. Here's what they did. They went on to Jayski, and they took the Jayski webpage and they pulled out a news item and they wrote their own press release about Derek and why he lost his privilege and why he's got to have a paper pass. So they write this whole news article and then they put it back up into a, into a graphic and they send it to Derek and they're like, oh my they God, Chip Ganassi, Steve Loletta are freaking out. You, you've you created negative publicity for this company. So there, so Derek's like going on J-Ski and he's like, well, it's not on there now. They're like, no, Chip Ganassi, call the guy that runs J-Ski and ask him to take it down. You're, man, you're in trouble. So Derek <laughs> is freaked out. So, so the inner joke here from the Ganassi guys isn't that Derek got in a little bit of trouble. It's that they totally freaked him out by making <laughs> so him mean. think that this went on the internet. Dude, that would like cause you to have an aneurysm or something. That's amazing. <laughs> like TJ's a practical joker. It's going to be hard to beat that one. I wouldn't. I don't think I would go that mean. I mean, that's pretty mean, man. That, He's that's... already in trouble. Like, what? Well, now you've given him a heart attack because oh he God. thinks it's been publicized and Chip Ganassi is mad. And in the meantime, they're all in on this joke. They're all laughing about it. They're all texting him about it. I don't know when they finally told him it wasn't true. I had to ask him. It's pretty fun when you can get a lot of people like that involved in it, though. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So, Pocono predictions, man. Losers first. Losers first. (laughs) And I have not prepared for this. I haven't actually put a lot of thought into it. Neither have I. You haven't had to. You was waiting for me to pick. Where's my list at? Where's our list that our cover John buddy sends in? That's this exactly is, uh, what I needed to This is who right we there. have picked. This is who we haven't picked. Uh, I am in red. Brett's driver list. Definitely not going with Dell Jr. Chase Elliott, didn't he run good there last time? Didn't he have a strong little show in there in the old Hendrick ship? Mm-hmm. He, who's designing this guy's paint schemes? The 24 last year and mm-hmm. for several years had some of the prettiest cars, and now it look like, look like I vomited on some of these things. <laughs> 
They got to do better. I know TJ can't comment on it. Y'all probably can't comment on it, but whoever's designing these things, do they work here? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I mean, you take those paint schemes of the 24, that's historically gorgeous. They they put Photoshop on Josh's computer. <laughs> <laughs> here you go, Josh. You handle this. Well, I definitely won't, don't want Brian Vickers or Michael Waltrip. Who's giving us this list? I hadn't picked McMurray yet. Hey, was there something, an anomaly about Indy where I saw so many spotters down in the garage this weekend when I never see you guys? Uh, just because we, that's where we would, it's just close. It's right there. We right. get to it. We're close and we had breaks. Yeah. Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. No. Wow. 41 car. Wow. Get you some. Wow. <laughs> Babe Ruthin right now. Point. <laughs> Kurt Busch is going to run a top five in this race. You think? So TJ's got to either. Well, he won the last he race, so he's got yeah. to oh. hit a big one. He's got to either take Jeff Gordon or or just give it up. I got to keep the pressure on this guy, man. Look how hard he's thinking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The squirrels inside of his brain are really <laughs> the glitter is shining. <laughs> you take forever. I really, I really want to save. I really want to save Kurt for for our chase, man. Um, save him. You so I'll him. roll with. Uh, that should be good. I'll roll with Tony. Tony Stewart. Hey, Tony's hot in the summer. The media will tell you how good he is, he is during the summer. He's, I mean, Tony I'll take Tony. It. He's Tony's got his head right. Yeah, he's. It's it's fun to see him do good. It is awesome to see him do good. It's great for our sport. Uh, I don't have anything ran. We've ran it about every topic we, we had. had. We already we kind of ran it as we went. Mm. Yeah, Kristen, you got anything? Yeah, what no. do you want to rant about, Josh? I got nothing. I'm pretty. How good. was your golf game Sunday? Was it good? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> kind of like your Saturday evening. Concierge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Standing out in the sun for 14 hours, driving to the airport, <clears throat> sitting on a hot plane for two and a half. Yeah. And then that's not even the flight, which was <laughs> another hour and a half of hotness. Yeah. I really don't have a rant, but I would like to thank Exalta for having the 10th floor suite in India on the Pagoda. That made it a lot easier for me. Oh, that was 10? Yeah. That was why nobody could go in there? Mm-hmm. Except so, you? Uh-huh. You're an asshole. It's nice you could have invited me. It's so nice so let's, let's, let's talk about TJ's up. character for a moment. <laughs> Do any of y'all have a door bumper clear t-shirt? No, and I have asked for it, and We're you on the show. Me. We're on the show, door bumper clear. We What's don't even have deal? a t-shirt. Listen. Second of all, this guy is going into an air-conditioned suite, two stories mm-hmm. under me. That has a bathroom, and I'm not invited. Listen, man. I <laughs> mean, That's just rude. Sorry. <laughs> Look at you, just Sorry. looking out for number one all the time. One-way streets all the time. Sorry. One-way. Thank you, Zalta, for letting me in there. <laughs> yeah. Josh's, jo- yeah, I blame Josh's sister was the one letting me in there, so. Okay, well, yeah. it has nothing to do with me, so. Kind of does. Blame Josh. Yep. Hashtag blame, blame producer Josh. Josh. <laughs> blame <Hashtag>. Josh. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tara, for letting me in there. And it was actually good. The Exalta people they are really. Too. Yeah, really but I wasn't. food. They got everything. They're, uh, they're really – it's a really fun company the to work with. Of the track. They got everything. <laughs> yeah. But not Brett. They don't have Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't need it. They had me. They probably had some cold beer, too. Yeah. They Exalta, my number is 867-5309. Text me. Text me next time, and I'll come to your suite. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, they're – the Exalt people are really, really love racing, too. They love being a part of it and stuff, and they – uh. It's just fun to go see them people there, too. So thanks for letting me cut in there and not Brett or anyone else. <laughs> Hashtag get well, Dale. Still pulling for our boss man here. Boss yeah. man. He's doing all right. He's good. doing good. I saw him yesterday, so he's uh, doing his stuff like he's supposed to be doing. And 
on the right track. All right, I think we're about done. Jebby, you want to say bye? Bye-bye. Holla. See y'all. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear. Brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 